Welcome to Truth and Grace with John and Mark. In this podcast, we tackle difficult issues related to living, loving, and leading in a broken world. Today's episode is about the process of spiritual restoration. Thanks for joining us today. We're always appreciative that you give us your time. It's always fun to have my buddy John Bailey here with me. How you doing, John? I am doing amazing. How are you doing, Mark? I'm doing fun. Well, so tell me, what have you done that's fun lately or what, what's happening, what's been happening in your life? <laughs> well, I don't know if it's particularly fun, but I, w- I was uh, doing ministry in Louisiana and uh, the area that I was in on Sunday was uh, was preaching at a church that's right in, it's in Baton Rouge, but it's right on the edge of the swamp. And so a uh, great church that's there, but one of the guys in the church, he was on their security team mm-hmm. and he was telling me that he's an alligator hunter. And so he's telling me about hunting alligators and the Cajun Louis. I mean, it was, it was. Has he ever started in a television show somewhere? Like you know, he should. I know he he could do it. And uh, so, anyways, I'm talking to him, and then uh, his wife comes up and she goes, "Yeah, one time a ten foot alligator pulled me in the water, and I was wrestling with it." <laughs> and then you know, but she's still alive to tell. All the limbs were still there. Uh, so I'm just anyway. thinking, I want that woman on my church board. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like when a, when a discipline issue comes up, I want her dealing with it. There you go. <laughs> Which applies to our subject today. It right? does yeah. indeed. We want to yeah. talk about spiritual restoration. Yep. Last week, we talked about spiritual restoration in general, yep. in terms that all of us fail, Yep. but not all failures are the same. Yep. Some require greater degrees of restoration. Today, we want to talk about the process of what that looks like. We want to move beyond just the the warm fuzzies of, yes, God wants to restore us to himself. We know that with repentance comes restoration. You know, the the prodigal son didn't have to earn his way back to God. God God took the effort and brought him back. He was 100% restored in that thing. But... If we don't deal with restoration properly, we're bound to just start. It's going to become a hamster wheel. We go one bad mistake after another, after another, after another. So today we want to talk about the restoration process, what it looks like, what are the steps to it. And so let's just go ahead and start. What's what's the first step from your perspective? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple things there. You know, one is is owning the issue. Mm. And that's it is it, it sounds easy because we can all say I'm a sinner and I need the grace of God. But it's it's a little bit different than when there is an issue that needs restoration. You have to go a little bit deeper with that owning it. Like, no, I've I've really varied. I've really gotten off course. Not just the act of sin, uh but but what it has done in my heart and my life and breaking relationship with the Lord. So that owning it is something that I think is really important. And this is coming from two guys. I'm, I'm, I've known you for quite a while. Neither of us are legalistic. We understand the grace of God. Both of us have been in situations that we desperately need things fixed in our life. So it, I think that looking at restoration, and we talked a little bit about this last week, is not a punishment. It's not, uh, it's not in this place of like, no, you're bad and the other people are good. But it's but it's is going. Hey, I, I have some issues that really have to be addressed. All right. So you talked about restoration with God. You acknowledging before God that you know you've blown it. You've 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 harmed that relationship. Yep. 
is is part of the restoration process also owning that your mistake may have hurt others? Yeah, it can. I mean, there are different kinds of things that need to be restored. So in some cases, if it's adultery, hey, your sin affects other people. Sure. There's probably some sins that are more, you know, uh, that are, you know, more self-loathing or maybe things that affect you personally, but they still, every one of those things have affected your relationship with God. And that's the part that you have to own that like, hey, this is what God and how he intended me to live. These are the things that I've trusted. And in those moments, I didn't trust in God. I went to other things to help uh, meet that that place in my life. And I need to get it back on Jesus. Right. right? Yeah. I, I think from my perspective, I look at it as two parts. Mm-hmm. One is the the vertical restoration. That's God and me. Yep. And the truth is, you know, I think it requires God's grace pulling me to himself or I'd never even have the desire to be restored. Yep. So in one sense, God initiates it. I respond yep. to the work he's doing in my heart. Yep. He points out my sin. I'm willing to, you know, I think that's where the scripture calls godly sorrow mm-hmm. comes in. That's where the godly sorrow comes in as opposed to, oh yeah, I'm sorry. Right. Most of the time it's like, I'm sorry I got caught, you know, but godly sorrow is <laughs> not about the the consequences of the earthly consequences. It's yeah. about I've hemorrhaged, I've hurt my heavenly father. So that's, that's right. the vertical piece. Yep. But then I feel like that secondary piece. So that's, that's primary. Got to yep. start there. Well, da- David said it. He, David said against you and you alone have I sinned. It doesn't mean that it didn't affect other people, but the, the broken relationship, it began with uh, something that was a wall between me and God. Sure. And then the secondary piece is the horizontal. Yes. That that the restoration that happens to, has to happen there, you know, because Jesus also says, if you've got something against your brother, yeah, leave your all gift on the altar and yeah. go be reconciled to your brother before you come back. Can, can you recite maybe, maybe somebody that you've walked with through restoration and maybe something that they were dealing with? That, that 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 required them to go to somebody else and ask for forgiveness. So we know it goes this way, but maybe a specific situation that you've dealt with that goes more of the horizontal. Yeah, I think I can come up with a couple of ideas. You know, obviously we'd want to protect right. people, but, you know, I, I've had a brother who I remember sitting down with in a ministry context who told me he'd been unfaithful to his wife. Yep. And at this point, his wife did not know. Mm. You know, and so the difficulty of this was if she finds out, she's going to be devastated. Right. You know, and so personally, you know, I was troubled because I didn't know what to do it because yeah. I knew how to walk him through the spiritual restoration. Right. You know, what I didn't want to do was if I told him, you need to go and tell your wife what you've done. You were going to bring, he was going to bring pain to her yeah. that she didn't have anything to do with and she didn't deserve. Yeah. So whether it was the right process or the wrong process, yeah. what we set up, he, he, he was, that was the first conversation and what became a series of conversations where he owned his mistake. He owned and he, yeah. he moved because it started out with, it was a mistake. Right. 
you know, he got it's to never a mistake. Yeah, exactly. Oops. Yeah, exactly. Oops, we had sex. <laughs> yeah. It, but eventually he got to the place where it wasn't a mistake. It was sin. Right. Yeah. And that's where we have to wind up. Yeah. You know, well, we, just as a question, would you generally say, I mean, I know that it will cause a spouse harm and I don't know if eventually it got to that place between them. Uh, but just as a general thing for me, I would think that it would be good uh, because, listen, the woman's been devastated. She just doesn't know it. And it leaves her in a place of not knowing about a situation. And, you know, he's caused it. But 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 there has been a break in the relationship. Like at some point, if there is a place of infidelity, that the person should go, maybe not with a lot of details, but at least being able to share like, hey, I've I've really I've stepped out on you and I've done some things that are wrong so that because the the relationship can never really be honestly fixed until it's talked about or yeah, how I would you know. look at that Yeah it's a tough one because you know um that's not what I did just to yeah. to tell you that's <laughs> not and 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 I'm not saying I handled it perfectly Yeah but what because I didn't want to bring harm unnecessary harm to her you're right Yeah the the relationship was damaged but I felt like his going to her was going to bring greater damage and undeserved pain to her. So what we did is we didn't ignore, we didn't say, okay, because you don't have to talk to her. You don't have to talk to anybody. Right. So that wasn't the answer. Mm -hmm. So we put into place a, a, a cohort of men that he had to be 100% honest with. And there were consequences about lying. Right. You know, so one, really all relationships have to stop. Yep. You know, not just you can't have sex anymore. You can't talk right. oh, to this yeah, person yeah. anymore, At all. period. Yeah. No doubt. You know, and, you know, so it was that was the start. And then if there were further consequences out and it was eventually said, look, if you violate this, we will go to your wife right. and tell her what you've done. But we yeah. also put into place that one of the things you're going to have to do, because he had these, you know, well, this is why you know, I was tempted and this is why. And so we made him be the instigator in marriage counseling. Right. Where instead of her seeking it out, he had to humble himself, go to her, say, I am having problems. Right. This isn't on you. This is on me. Would you be willing to go to counseling with me? So he had to humble himself before her. So we were trying to create that that spirit Mm -hmm. of humility Right. That's necessary for restoration without bringing harm to her. Right. I don't know if we handled it right, but that was the approach we took in yeah. that particular context. Well, what it, what is true, and it highlights this area of owning the sin, what is true is that sin has devastating issues, yeah. whether it's to us personally, whether it is to other people. But the first and foremost, it's what happens in our relationship with the Lord. And so that owning it, you can never take these things lightly. And I, and, I, and I think that sometimes when you find people that are making excuses or, you know, if my wife, she, uh, she's not very nice to me. And so, so, you know, I did this or that. Hey, those, those are excuses. That is not truth. Regardless of what your wife or your husband has done does not give you the right to step out into a relationship. So that owning it is, is so vital to the process because you can't get healed from something that you can't acknowledge is an issue. You know, one of the things I've noticed personally is I know when somebody has owned their sin, yep. when they aren't saying, 
yes, this happened, but, or this happened <laughs> because, you know, they, yeah. they, they are no longer say, even if there were other circumstances, they, they realize that person was not to blame. I'm the one who did this. Yeah. And that did start back in the garden. What, what was Adam like, well, Lord, you know that woman you made me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. She is the one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, from the beginning yeah. of time, we have yeah. always tried to put the blame on somebody else. Yeah. And I know in my own life that true restoration, at whatever level it needs to happen at, even yeah. human restoration between individuals, some yeah. restoration between God and restoration between individuals can't start yep. until I really own it and I don't blame someone else for my yep. sin, for my misdeeds. What I have found to be true is that we all have to deal with sin. I have mm. come from a lot of brokenness in my own life, and I know you have as well. And so the Holy Spirit will continually be dealing with us with issues that we hopefully confront and fix sure. and work on so that we Which can Which is be, actually a sign of God's love for us. Absolutely. And it conforms us to the image of Christ yeah. so we can be less like we used to be sure. and more and more like Christ. But the longer that you don't deal with the issues and the further you go into the sin, mm. the bigger the excuses get. Uh, the more the the more that we cement ourselves into those positions that we go, well, it's the woman, it's my kids, it's my boss at work. And then we impose these issues and listen, and all the time God is going, hey, will you just own what the issue is? Because I can start to do a work, but it has to start with the place that you own the issue and you're real. And you stop and you stop blaming other people for what your issues are. Sure, absolutely. I think of that term in the Bible, the deceptiveness of, this, of sin, mm. you know, and how sin warps our thinking. Yep. You know, we can't see ourselves as God sees us as because sin warps. It's like a it's like a distortion mm -hmm. between us and others, between us and God. Uh, I may have mentioned this to you before, but I stayed in a hotel chain one time in the Middle East that. I stood in front of the mirror and I looked at the mirror and I went, it was kind of weird. It's like, I felt good about myself. Like I, I, I you lost 10 pounds. I, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I mean, anybody knows me, I, you know, I, I could stand to lose a few pounds and I'm short, you know? So when you're short and round, you know, you're like a weeble. There <laughs> you, you go. Know? And so, you know, I'm sitting there, but I'm looking in the mirror and I'm like, you know, I, I didn't realize. And then I was kind of, I realized I, I look taller and thinner. I need those mirrors all around my house. Actually, wherever I go, my car. Funny. Uh, and, and I did some research and actually discovered that this hotel chain hangs their long mirrors at a 2% angle so that it just slightly distorts your image so that you look a little bit taller and a little bit thinner. Yeah. So the next time you want to book a hotel, you want to go, man, I want to go to that hotel where I look really good. Well, the whole point was they wanted people to feel good about themselves. Yeah. Yeah. The problem was that wasn't reality. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like the world tells us it's okay to, it's okay. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah. You deserve this, you know? And the truth is, is we can never be restored not only to God in his, you know, that eternal relationship that's imp so important, yep. the most important, but we can't experience eternal life. We can't, which just starts here. 
on this side of eternity. Yep. We can't experience the joy God wants us to have yep. as long as we're accepting the lie over the truth. Yep. So first point, you got to accept it. You got to own it. Yeah. You know, when, when I was a kid, I went to the beach. And, um, and this is in Florida. Sometimes you get a lot of these undercurrents mm. and I found myself, I was probably 10 or 11 years old, but I had drifted to the place that I was in really dangerous territory. And, you know, people had drowned at this beach. And I remember my, my dad running, running after me and, you know, because I had not realized how far I drifted because mm. of the currents. And, and, and this is what happens to most of us is that we don't even realize because the process is so slow mm. and we get so entwined into things. But I had come to a very dangerous place. And then, you know, of course, my father comes and like, hey, you, you know, any further. And, and, you know, this could be a serious issue. So restoration is that like, hey, you've drifted and now we got to bring you back into alignment so your relationship is right. It takes, though, an honest moment that you can bring yourself back into alignment of where you should be. So scripture tells us if you see your brother in sin, yep. go to them. So it seems to me that this place of acknowledgement, sometimes it happens, it seems to me like maybe it happens for three way, in three ways. Mm -hmm. One, I'm just convicted of my sin. Yep. That's always the best way. Yep. You know, I'm sensitive enough to the voice of God that I'm that God speaks to me and I'm convicted and I repent. Mm-hmm. The second one is that somebody who cares about me, who knows about what I'm messing, how I'm messing up, has the courage to come to me and say, you're doing this and this, and it needs to stop. Yep. And then I respond, hopefully appropriately to that. I own it, repent, and start the process. The third one is I get caught. Yep. And there's a public exposure of my sin now, of course, not all sins are that kind that, you know, become public. Yeah. Or if it's know. even you're caught by your wife or a friend, it's maybe not public where the whole world knows. Right. But it comes out to people that you care exactly. about. Exactly. So for me, those are the three ways that sort of start this yeah. process. Then I have to respond and own it. Right. And then so let's assume I've owned it. Right. I've acknowledged that I own it. Then we have what are the pieces that need to kind of fall into place to, to take it forward. Yeah, no, that's really good. I, one of the things I, I think in the, the scripture says this, you who are spiritual, restore the weaker brother. Mm. And I think that there's an element that if, as you go through the restoration process, now for some people that are alone in areas and, and they just don't have anybody, but most of us, we should be in healthy uh, church families or in a place where there's other believers but finding somebody who is at the place that you want to be in that area mm. is really a great first place to go is like, okay, if, if I'm going to get from the place that I'm at and I'm honest and I see where I'm at and gone through that part of it, now I have to go. Now I need to find somebody that can really help me walk to the place that I can get to the healthy place that I want, want to be. You experienced that yourself. Yes, but I've also experienced the opposite side of that, which is, I think, very destructive. And that is that people look for people who have the same weaknesses <laughs> they do. So instead of looking at for the person who is the one I want to be, right. they look for the person that they are. Yes. And then they wallow in their defeat 
together. You know, I mean, sorry for this is such an issue today in the world, but, you know, I've worked with ministers who missionaries who have struggled in the area of pornography. Right. And, you know, and so they'll have accountability partners and accountability means, you know, they end up gathering together, you know, once a week, they, they talk and it becomes like, you know, hey, man, I looked at porn this week. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not, yeah. You know, it's like they were- But that's not restoration. No, and, and it's not repentance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not restoration, it's collaboration. Yeah. You know, they're repenting, they're, they're, they're confessing, that's a better, they're confessing to one another, but no repentance. Yeah is taking place. And so I, th- I love your point about look for the person who's the person you want to be. Yeah. You want to become, not not necessarily I want to become John Bailey, but I want to have the spiritual relationship and the human relationships that I see in his life. So I want to aim at that rather than somebody who's, you know, wallowing in the gutter with me. Well, and you know, another thing, and you and you can certainly comment back on this, but, you know, sometimes when people are caught in sexual sins, their accountability partner becomes their spouse, which in my opinion, that is like, you need to have somebody that also has enough emotional detachment that you're not going to cause them struggles as they walk through. I could not agree more. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I have seen, you know, as we probably end up in some point in the future doing a whole topic, a whole podcast on the subject of pornography yeah. because it's just such a devastating issue yep. in the world and even in the church yes. today. But I have heard so many men who try to turn their wife into their accountability partner for yep. this. And I'm like, you are doing nothing but destroying that woman's self-image. Yep. And, you know, you brought, you dumped your garbage in her front yard And it's, it, that cannot be, that's just destructive at every single level. Yeah. And now she would have a part in the restoration process in loving or, and this could be men or women, you know, but the spouse is there to love, uh, to stand with them, to help on the emotional parts of it, but to get into the, you know, day to day grind of what it is to help to restore somebody it just gets too close to home. Yeah. And so having that spiritual person or that person that you can really honestly, 100% cards on the table confide in, um, it probably the spouse is not the right person. What, what things do you think, or what kind of people do you think you should look for to be that person for the accountability part? Yeah. 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 I think a wise person, Yep. you know, so, you know, you you made reference earlier to that, you know, those of you who are spiritual, yep. restore. But, you know, it's also that piece of, you know, but take heed lest you fall. Yes. You know, so I would I would say a person who's going to be involved in that is a person who understands sin and grace. Mm-hmm. So they understand their own frailty. So they're not judgmental. Yes. They understand, brother, I could be exactly where you are. Yes. You know, so there's that humility, there's that grace there, but there's also that wisdom and that godliness that says, Mm -hmm. but because of these patterns Mm -hmm. and because of God's grace, I'm not where you are. Yeah. You know, and most of us get into these kind of things because of a series of bad decisions, not one bad decision. Right. Yep. You know, so all of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a, 
trap that just continues, you know, it's like a snowball going down the hill. Yes. It just grows. So my point is, is if, if it's a series of bad decisions that mm-hmm. lead to the ultimate bad action, it's okay. usually a series of right decisions yes. that lead to restoration. Yeah. And we're not, obviously we're not talking about restoration with God. That's instant, but we're talking about a change in perspective that prevents falling back into the same type of sin. Yeah. And so another question, do you feel like, say if it's finances and you mm-hmm. go, hey, my, my financial situation is just terrible. Do you need to find somebody that has walked through, whether it's finances, sexuality, uh, somebody that has already been restored in that area or somebody who has not, but they've always, maybe they've always had victory in that area. Are you better to find somebody that has struggled through what you're struggling through? Or are you better to find somebody that's never struggled through it, but they can help you to walk through it? Any preferences? Yeah, I mean, I think in certain areas, it's certainly, you know, when somebody has walked through a particular failure, you know, Mm -hmm. and then been willing, not everybody that, in my opinion, you might disagree, but in my opinion, not everybody that fails needs to be public Mm -hmm. about their failure. Oh, you yes. know, yeah. but but I do think God raises up people sometimes yeah. who are able and willing to kind of confess their failure publicly mm-hmm. and and not to gain acclaim yeah. because of their failure, but they're known for that. And then they become an example of God can restore people from similar, you know, backgrounds. Yeah. I, I, I think of the late Chuck Colson. Yeah. You know, who was one. I mean, he he was when he was in politics, you know, he was President Nixon's special counsel. Right. And he was known as one of the most ruthless, arrogant people in Washington. Mm. He goes to prison. He gets, you know, he gets convicted of a crime, Mm -hmm. goes to prison. Prison is a humiliating experience. Yeah. But humiliation doesn't mean one actually humbles themselves. Yeah. I've seen people be humiliated and all that create, created in them was a greater sense of pride. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, but everybody's he, rock bottom is a different place. Yes, absolutely. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he hit rock bottom. But in that moment, what what led to his ultimate restoration is that he found Christ. Amen. In that somebody came to him and... But in interesting, it was somebody else of a position of power, yeah. you know, that was able to come to him and say, look, helped him, restored him. And then he became in his later years, mm-hmm. a person that people in power who had failed could go to. Yeah, absolutely. You know, his, his story was so well known that when a politician failed, they were willing to go to him because they're like, you you understand. You've walked through it. Yeah. And so he could help guide them on that restoration process. So yeah. I think I, you know, I like the idea if you can find somebody with a similar track record to yours that, you know, can help bring mm-hmm. they don't they don't have to be the person that walks next to you, but they can be a person who brings you hope. No, very good. And that can also come, you know, it can come through reading books or testimonies or life stories of people that have walked through some of the things because they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. So sometimes those testimonies can be really encouraging because when you get in broken places and they get, sometimes it can get dark and you go, how do I even, you don't even have hope. 
But if you can see how God has brought someone else through yes. the same experience, it gives you that that confidence that goes, you know what, God, you brought them through it, and Lord, you can bring me through it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, I got one last question. All right. How do we know when the process is done? Yeah, I, and, and I don't know that the complete process, You, I know you would agree with this, is ever really done. Exactly. I think yeah. that there is an ongoing process of us becoming more and more like Jesus, breaking away from the world, being more like Christ. But I think that there is, when it comes to the stronghold of a situation, I think that the restoration is done when you can sit around with the people that you love and the people that are in those places to restore that you've walked through the journey with, and they can go, hey, we see the change. We see the work that the Lord has done. Because sometimes if it's just us trying to determine when the restoration process is done, that's not the, really the right person to, to, yeah. to do that process. It's, it's all of the people that have walked through that with you, and they go, hey, yeah, this may be something you struggle with all your life, but we, we do believe at this point is no longer a stronghold in your life that your eyes are fixed on Christ, you're walking with the Lord. Yeah, I would agree. I think that, you know, unfortunately, sin has consequences. Mm -hmm. And sometimes those consequences aren't restored on this side of eternity. Yeah, You know, sometimes you, you mess up yeah. bad enough that you're not going to restore every relationship. And so you sometimes you just have to own that. I think that's part of it. Yeah, uh, you were going to add something, I think, to it. Yeah, like like Zacchaeus, mm. he comes to the Lord, and then he goes back and restores, you know, what he's stolen sure. or taken from people. And so, but the heart, whether everything is always restored or not, that there's two people in that process, and the other person may not be willing to, but the person that has caused the offense should always be willing to go back and to and to restore things. And to be ready when the other person is ready, because it's not always up to you to determine when they should be ready to to, to be restored in a Absolutely. relationship. You have to sometimes be patient, maybe eat the humble pie that you're talking about, go through the process, keep your eyes on the Lord and pray for the moment that that can happen. But the, in the person being restored, their heart should always be open to say, God, however, I can make this situation right for the things that I've done, I need to be able to make that right. Right. And I think also owning the fact that if I'm never able to make it right because of yep. my my failure, I'm still going to walk with you. Amen. Oh, there's people, listen, I have been, because I'm a pastor, done many, many funerals. I have seen people stand over graves, still carrying the guilt and the pain and the sorrow because of broken relationships that haven't been healed. And like somewhere there, you have to let it go, yeah, uh, because you can you can carry offenses and things on, and it it will keep you from moving on and moving forward in the things that God wants for yeah. you. Yeah. Earlier in our conversation, you referenced something from Psalm fifty-one, and you know I like to close maybe with this. And one of the ways I know that restoration has happened in my own life is if you remember in Psalm fifty-one. David says, restore to me the joy of my salvation. Yeah. You know, in a New Testament perspective, we understand it's not restore to me my salvation. Right. I didn't lose that. Yeah. But restore to me the joy of my salvation. At an at a experiential level, I know I've been restored when the joy has returned. Amen. Not 
giddiness, not happiness because of a circumstance, yeah. but the joy that comes from being in God's presence, knowing I am right with him in his presence, his there's fullness. fullness of joy. Yep. And so I, for me, I know that that's at least one indicator yeah. that restoration has occurred and I'm headed in the right direction when my, I, I sense God's smile on me once again. Mark, that that's really good. And, and because what you're saying is not just now that my wife, you know, is happy with me again, yeah. not just that now, you know, people are happy with me because I've been restored, but it is that place that you can stand in the presence of God and go, God, now I'm back in relationship, the love and the joy and the peace of God. Like I'm back in this, nothing between the Lord and I. And so the joy is not just having a joy in general in life but the joy of my salvation, the joy of my Savior. I'm in love with Jesus, and he's my everything. When it comes back to that place, you you are 100% right. Now you know that that relationship has been restored. Yeah. Thanks for joining us today. We're always appreciative of your time. We know it's the one thing you give us that is so important. It's your one non-replenishable resource. Mm. So we're very, very grateful for it. Before we close today, we want to take a time to pray. And so, John, I'm going to ask you yep. to pray that there are people out there listening or watching on YouTube that they're, they've lost the joy yep. of their salvation, maybe because of sin. Yep. And I'm just going to pray that you would help them own it, you know, that they'd pray, then you'd pray for them to own it yep. and that they would walk through that process and that God would restore them. Yeah, I can't imagine that there's anybody that's out there that isn't either dealing with an issue or knowing someone who is dealing with an issue that maybe they can help. So let's pray. Lord, we love you today. God, I thank you for Mark and just his experience and the words that have come forth in this conversation. And I pray, Lord, that this would be a time of ministry to really help people. And God, I pray right now for that one that maybe is caught in a place and Lord, it's hard to admit, it's hard to go to other people and share and be honest. But God, I pray that there would be something deep within that they would know that they need to own the situation, go to the people that can help them to walk in victory. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would also help people that are maybe watching right now that know people that need to be restored. Lord, I pray that they might be that Nathan the prophet that goes and speaks to King David and says that you are the man. Lord, not in a way to condemn or bring guilt, but God, in a life-giving way that would be the hope to bring the loved ones around us into a place of restoration. Lord, we know that this is what brings joy to your heart, that Lord, that when we're in a place and there's nothing that stands between you and us, I pray God for every listener, everybody who's watching, that Lord, that we would be at such a place in our spiritual life that, there, that you would be the joy of our salvation in our life. And Lord, I pray that anyone that needs that restoration, that today in Jesus, that, that they would find that place. And we pray these things in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, John. That was meaningful. I think that the people that you prayed for are, are really going to benefit from that. And I think they're going to make some right choices as a result. Uh, thanks for joining us this week. Please join us next week when we're going to talk about when someone in ministry has a failure. What do they do? Can they be restored? Should they be restored? What does that process need to look like? In the meantime, if you've enjoyed our content, go to the app. 
that you use to listen to the podcast or on YouTube, like the content and maybe share it with somebody that you think would benefit from it. Please join us again next week when we look forward to more of Truth and Grace with John and Mark. Take care. Thanks so much for joining us. We know your time is valuable and we're so thankful you chose to spend it with us. As a follow-up to our conversation, we'd like to recommend John Bailey's new sermon series, God's Eternal Pursuit. You can find all five episodes at worldchallenge.org or you can get more information in today's show notes. Join us next time for a conversation on restoration to ministry after a moral failure. We'll see you then. Thank you.